This is the Indian Players Podcast, Episode 6, Race, Not Racism in Games in the Gaming Industry, recorded in 2015 before Indian Players had seen Star Wars The Force Awakens. That's a good question. The question that we've been pondering about here, and this is Jeanette Bushnell talking today, and it's a notion of race, not racism, but race in games and gaming industry, in individual games. Um, clearly it pops up in pretty much the entirety of the society in the country in which we are now living, and others. A nod to Tyler, who lives in Canada now. Um, but most of us are just little Seattleites here in the United States, and race comes up a lot, and it comes up a lot in games, and one would have to wonder, or at least I wonder, why that happens, um, particularly in all these games where they're not necessarily races, as Darwin might have thought of race, um, but they're different species. I mean, an orc is a different species, for crying out loud. Um, as are a lot of, you know, the random, think of World of Warcraft, you have Tarans. Well, how can Taran be a race when you're thinking of race as a, a category of uh, human people? Anyhow, so we are pondering today uh, where race came from, uh, some of the history of the, the idea, which of course takes us back to uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which of course takes us back to Tolkien's early works with uh, hobbits, humans, dwarves, and elves, um, and wizards. Um, <laughs> wizards are racist. Wizards are, I, no, I think wizards are the angels. <laughs> um, so the questions, why, why do video games and other games hang on to and continue to use this idea of race? Um, not only where did it come from, but what does it do in a game when you're given the option of choosing a certain race to play as, or if you're in a game where there are different races that do different things? Um, how does using race like this, what, what does that continue in our world when we're all playing video games or various games and race is just an option that we can play with? So we're daily or as frequently as one plays games, we're constantly reiterating this notion that there is something called race. Um, and in the best of all pop possible worlds, if we could like get rid of the word race um, or the concept as different, there being different human races, what would we replace it with? Um, anyhow, John, you had some really great ideas about Tolkien and where his race came from, which I had not heard before, and I thought I was a Tolkien kind of person. Well, it, you know, they're not, of course, my ideas. It's just that there have been some various theories that have banded about, and plus there's also other things that further complicate it, as in um, there, there has been notions that, that Tolkien, you know, because of any author, they will base whatever they're working off of, some, has some basis in reality or a perception of reality. For example, like, you know, 
Um, the Shire was based off of his home and, you know, how it got changed. And I'm blanking out on the White Wizards, the evil White Wizard's name again, which uh, is Saruman. You know, how all that heavy industry came in was in relation to how his home changed because of, of it changing from a pastoral area to becoming much more industrialized. Um, well, there, there are some theories that are out there that people are pointing out that the dwarves are their Jews because of, you know, their, their lust for gold and precious stones, uh, their short, squat, out from the Hobbit, uh, yeah, out from the Hobbit, hairy, you know, big noses, so on and so forth. There is that. And then the other people have said, well, then the, also the elves are the Scandinavians, you know, because apparently he had like, he admired them so much more. And one could say, well, since that, since the Elvish language is based off of Finnish, you know that that could lend to that could lend to that also. You know, um, but you know, it, it might have been because of, of his expertise. You know what he what he did. You know? Yeah, yeah, and so on and so forth. But interestingly enough, is that then people will point back. You know, you know, towards this is that they will even say, well, you know, he was a white supremacist. You know, it's been glommed down by white supremacist groups, so on and so forth. But you know, he would point. He actually said later in revised saying that this is just an allegory. Don't take this to mean anything in a modern context. You know, this is a story. You know, basically, don't try to appropriate it for your ends. And yeah. yet, and yet people and yet, have. Yeah. And yet people have. And and there was even questions about where the orcs came from. Were they magically created? You know, were they elves that were tortured and transformed into this? Which is kind of like a we look at. Later fantasy, that's a common thing. Dark elves are generally supposed to be higher elves that got got turned or something like that. But when we look at the movies, then you see when they're giving birth to the Urukai, you know, they're literally being born from the mud, you know. And so that's like, okay, these are the ultimate expression of mud people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, literally coming out of the mud, the mm -hmm. muck and the mire. Is that Gollum-esque? I don't really know, but, but you know, it's, it's all these things that are going back and forth. And so when we look at this, you know, this notion of race and, and racial formation, you know, which we can argue in with our contemporary knowledge of what this is, as opposed to what you said, species, which when, I'm waiting to hear what people think about species about this. I think that's going to be very fascinating. Um, it's just something I think we can really just start off of. Uh, well, uh, this is Gabe here. And uh, once again, coming to you live uh, on a podcast about race here with with other games outside of the Dungeons and Dragons system, um, I, there are ton, there are tons of other games that that utilized and continue to utilize race as a as a thought. But I, like one of the things that that echoes in my head about uh, race and racial designs was that like in the initial Dungeons and Dragons, they didn't they didn't even use elf and dwarf as a race. They were they were classes, right? Like in the original one level one to three box set, that that was a that those were like I just remember the old video of, of of an elf and a dwarf calling each other out by by um, not name. They were just calling each other elf and dwarf in this really really awful awful video they made with the box set. Um, but the uh, <laughs> but that uh, from 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 those other games like. Race continue is continued to be perpetuated in, in all sorts of games. Obviously, you, you were making allusions, uh, Jeanette, to uh, World of Warcraft earlier with uh, notion of uh, 
Victorians as a, as a, as a race, but not really there as a different species. Um, and de depending on the, of course, depending on the, the world setting that you're working off of, like John was saying, uh, different types of elves have different stories of where they're, they're hatched or come from, whether or not they're under, uh, you know, dwarves or elves that come from the underworld, or they're, they were tortured elves to be turned into Orukai or orcs or whatever. Um, but the, these these other systems and, and and games that continue to persist, race like Dragon Age, like uh, the game that I currently love, Destiny, which uh, um, has three different races that make absolutely no sense because robots have gender in it. Um, but the the uh, that the the notion of of race being uh, something that is always perpetuated as something that will have an attributable uh, set of differences between each of the depicted definition or differences in in races, right? So the 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 purpose of, of race in in D and D was to to show somebody was different from humans. It was to was to show that somebody was better than or worse than humans in a particular light, right? So uh, because what uh, elves got pluses to decks and minuses to constitution because they were more frail and dwarves were hardier. So they got pluses to constitution, but minuses to, to what? I don't remember, Charisma. but Chris. Okay. Uh, um, and then, uh, Oh, not hobbits. Why do I want to half halflings, halflings, halflings. Uh, right. right. Cause I, cause I could, yes. Cause yes. And, and in, and in other games, they call them hoblings in a particular live action role-playing game because they couldn't even use hobbit or halfling or, or, uh, the, or the Dragonlance campaign that uses the word kender because they didn't want to use, uh, uh, um, halflings or hobbits in general, but they would still function as the same damn short race that, that likes food and is attracted to shiny things. So... Uh, the, the, these, these races that are depictions of culture without being cultured, like that, that, that the race that in and of themselves carries it uh, as a, a box model for, and limitations around constraining how your character is supposed to be. That if you're playing an elf, you're guaranteed to be playing that elf that likes to use a bow or likes to use two different swords that are very thin and very dexterous so that they can stab things finessedly, not so they can hack stuff apart. You know, and, 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 and in, certain, in certain constructions about these kinds of races, the, the, it, it, goes even, it goes even wackier than that. But, but Gabe, can I back up way, way back? So you said you're playing Destiny? Yes. Now, I didn't hear you clearly... But did I did it? Did you say the robots have gender? They have gender. They are determined to have gender. There, there are three races in the game Destiny, which is Bungie's latest release. Um, uh, that the the Awoken humans and uh, these these robots. Okay. Well, that to me that fits perfectly oh. because you think of gender having attributes, um, and so what they've done as opposed to other games where gender does not have attributes and you can just skin yourself as either a male or a female. Here they have wallowed in the attributes and not only attributed them to um, race, but also acknowledge that um, different genders act differently and have different attributes. I think it's brilliant. For, for robots to have a different gender? Yeah. It, it would be brilliant if it 
if it didn't come across as the same really like crappy representation of like a male and female half orc in Shadowrun, where the, the the male half orc is this big muscly thing and the female half orc is this thin willowy thing that could still break a table in half by punching it, but still is is like drastically drastically undersized in comparison to. Yeah. Well I guess I need to find out I more of the game what what sorts of things that they've done with the the gendering of the robots. So like one of the things that I wrestle with where 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 race is concerned is how do you how do you portray it differently? Like uh was it uh Shadowrun, the 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 tabletop uh, role playing game Shadowrun that depicted um the the mutation of humans which is it's a post it's post apocalyptic um role playing game where they where where magic is reintroduced into uh current everyday life some 40 50 years up in the future right um and a um mutating virus changes um changes humanity into these various creatures of dwarves elves trolls orcs um and and and, and the list goes on and on but that the 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 uh, attribution is on metahumans rather than race uh, the construction of, the, of these ideas are are just different forms of humanity and carrying carrying with them different kinds of constructs of attributes is still uh, uh, just in, in, in along with the the line of race but it's still at least labeled something different mm-hmm. than other than race and in an attempt to to push the setting towards something that uh, doesn't reify what race typically gets played as well then i now that you mention that and Tolkien's um, writings, does he talk about elves and dwarves as being different races? Or do we do that now? I don't remember. This is uh, Tyler Prather speaking with uh, my colleagues today on this podcast. Um, do you mean, like, does he go into the, the like biological origins of these I mean, races? He, or Does he refer to elves, the elf, as a race? Does he refer to dwarves as a race? Or does he just call them elves and dwarves? And, and we have since post, post-Tolkien labeled these various groups as oh, different. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think about like various descriptions from a multitude of books. And something that I would want to say sticks out in my mind is when he talks about dwarves. He says, you know, they're a mountain-dwelling people. He gives more of an explanation of the region that yeah. they're from versus, you know, saying, oh, this race. Exactly. But yeah. Well, that's what that's what I was trying to think is I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. Because, well, well, like, even in Tolkien's universe, humans or the humans that exist now on that section of Middle Earth are ancestors who don't have as pure of a blood as the Numerian who came over from the other continent, which is uh, Sauron's race. Uh You know, he is, you know, of that, those people who aren't elves, but they're a very tall, slender humanoid, you know, who live much longer. And, you know, and that's, but. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, this notion of racism, you know, it's been cataloged that Tolkien was actually 
that that might have been a construct that was put upon him mm-hmm. by by the, you know the Nazi Party, the Third Reich, because as we know, when you bring something in, you you you, you read and you interpret with what you know and and. And you try to make it a lie to your own beliefs. And so maybe that was actually read into it because there is letters that he said, no, I'm not Aryan. No, this is not that. Don't, I don't want to be connected to you guys whatsoever, so on and so forth. Because, you know, there is this notion of, of good versus evil, mm-hmm. you know, and we do have this notion of light versus dark, you know, as far as we're concerned, you know, that, mm-hmm. that good is always light, you know, and dark is always evil, you know, and that... And maybe because of everything else, we're dealing with a larger history of Europe, you know, and all those racial formations that are there and the otherizing that they have done for, for countless millennia because, like, you know, oh, they've invaded us, so we don't like them, but so we need to conquer them because, you know, for whatever reason. I think that's where that really got attached to at that point was the interpretation and the arguments that came forthwith. Well, then one is left with the question of when did when did race become really part of the vernacular of gaming because often we point oh it was from D&D and D&D came from Tolkien but when did the words when did the word race enter into it Gygax yeah I think I think that that at that point we just need to talk to 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 a Dungeons and Dragons scholar um, and and explore whether or not because just you know taking a look at, at cursory quotes on the internet from from Tolkien describing the races of of uh, race wasn't a word right exactly which is which is, which is a, a, a very interesting uh, thought to, to broach is that uh, whoever designs these games is are the ones who are the reifying the notion of race. Mm-hmm. So uh, where, where we get to, to hit on that then uh, goes into like how badly is, is, is uh, race constructing and reconstructing racial problems that we get, interact with on, on a daily basis. Like um, some, some games that, that, that I have played uh, have uh, 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 delineated gypsies and barbarians as different races. Uh, including like uh, Dragonlance. Dragonlance talked about uh, the the barbarian humans mm-hmm. as a different set of races from just your regular free city human. Yeah. Um, Wasn't it also in Dragonlance where orcs weren't actually a separate race, but they were fallen elves? And it was it was written that basically they became jealous of their more beautiful elven brothers, and so they were cursed by their god to be even more hideous, and that's what created the race of orcs. Is that from Dragonlance, or am I thinking of something else? You, you, you might be, and I, I like because I, I know that um, the, the, the in Dragonlance, the there was the the gray gem, which uh, was an artifact that transformed dwarves and gnomes, no dwarves into gnomes and kender, uh, as the dwarves try. Uh, did something with the great gem that, that that transformed them, but I can't I can't remember the, the exact story anymore. Um, God, that was like fifteen years ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, nobody plays Dragonlance anymore. Yeah. Um, but but these these games don't like there 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 isn't there isn't necessarily a um, driving point for. Oh, I forgot where the hell I was going. Never mind. 
um, that the the. So you had brought up Shadowrun earlier mm-hmm. and uh, the metahumanity, and kind of defining race in that way. And one thing that reminded me of was my own experience with Shadowrun about the character creation process mm-hmm. and, you know, points and how it cost more points to be metahuman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you kind of have this uh, mechanic in the game of to get the bonuses of being metahuman, it cost points in that character creation process. And so you have a direct correlation to bonus and expenditure. And uh, in addition to that, there are uh, character traits you can pick up, you know, throughout the the character building process, like uh, a more agile, which gives you various stat bonuses, or, you know, charming, which gives you, you know, conditional bonuses. And one I remember is human passing, which if you chose a metahuman race, you could choose human passing, Mm -hmm. which you know, directly correlates into our real world as white passing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way that mechanic plays out yep. is, wow. you know, you have human normativity in games and Shadowrun goes as far, you know, I don't, I can't decide quite whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it, it brings an aspect to the game. Uh, it brings an aspect to light that maybe isn't fully represented or talked about in gaming, but that whole being able to be orc or human or troll and then take a character trait that makes you human passing and in that very description says you are now shunned by your own metahuman race but accepted by humans yeah so and and uh in in also in that point build system there there uh because the the uh it starts with a set of rankings the the rankings of selection were a, a through e I want to say, and um, or at least in the old, I actually haven't touched the newest books. Um, so in in three, the they, uh, if you chose to be a metahuman, um, it prevented it 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 required you on particular metahuman types to choose that as your a level priority, preventing you from getting the most amount of money. Meaning that only certain kinds of metahumans were allowed to be able to get the million new yen. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. uh, or or humans were allowed to get mil- the million new yen because they were prioritizing money and and those kinds of other resources before they were pro- uh, prioritizing their their racial identity mm-hmm. and so that you have a direct re- relation to uh you know wealth and you know race mm-hmm. so i'm trying to think in, in D D, no it was always your class that determines the amount of money that you make. The, you know? your, your skill class, your profession. Right. But then in various versions of D&D as well, certain races could only be certain classes. Yes. And in AD&D could only be certain classes up to a certain level. Mm-hmm. So in a, an adventure where potentially you could become a 20th level character, if you were an elf, you could only be you know a 4th level this, a 5th level that. And so you had you know, restrictions on your specialization of a trade skill or a class or occupation, you know, and so you see those the limitations of ability through race that, I mean, in, in our playthroughs of games like that, we've kind of always ignored because we're like, well, that's preposterous. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm an elf doesn't mean I can't be a max level wizard, like. Very real life, though. Yeah, true. But the, the and, and to, to, to a certain 
uh, I guess not not necessarily a bonus to that box model. The 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 uh, races uh, came with particular base skills with them, so they did try to at least assemble some notion of cultural practice along with along with race, not just uh, attributes and abilities. Um, so the but but the limitations of uh, some some races prevented them from learning how to or being able to pick up particular skills too or uh, weapon abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this is really interesting because to get back to this notion of the, about the baseline, you know, it's like when we look at Dungeons and Dragons, you know, from playing from like you know the various versions that I played, then quit and then got back into and then quit, got back into again. Is that, you know, humans were just the baseline, no bonuses or minuses, but they were, I mean, that was considered to be the standard. And one can argue, well, it's because humans have created this, you know, and that, that could be the argument you can say, but okay, that, okay, okay, maybe that, fine. But then when we look further back on these racial formations, we have to look at like what the setting is, like what is the standard for the setting, you know, uh, you know, where, what, what does it use for its backdrop? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? What? What are what are things called? What? What is the time period? What type of technology and architecture is available? You know, and, and I and I remember in GURPS, it's like if you wanted to play like somebody who was off, who was who was away from there, you actually had to take that as an like an advantage that you had to set off, which meant you could be this person from a far off land, but it was going to cost you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. That that was a big thing. Okay, well then, if I do that, I have to set it off. You know, the things like maybe make yourself hunted. Like the reason why you're gone, tired trope, because I'm been banished from my people and I'm escaping with my life or something else like that. You know, and, and we even see that like you know within you know uh, you know within the Neverwinter Online game is like now you can play a dark elf if you want to, and generally you're a dark elf who is. I don't believe in what's going on you know back home I, I reject it so i leave and then magically because of that you know all you know all the prejudices against you and your kind magically erase are erased in the game because it's like well you know you've left them we're we're cool right you know but the thing is is like if you you know if there is this long history of hatred and distrust which well we don't have to look very far you know in this world to see that occurring you know, there's going to be people who say, I don't trust you. And I, you know, you, you know, I can't trust you. I'm going to want to kill you, mm-hmm. you know, but for somehow these things, you know, magically disappear as in, you know, race is a problem because they're, because as, as Janet said, there should be more species, but then in other ways it gets magically erased, which in turn really, uh, replicates, you know, racial formation as, you know, we have these issues, but since now you're one of us, you're okay. But, you know, even if you want to talk about your problems, we're not going to, we don't care about it because, well, that was a long time ago. That's not, that's not me. That was them back there. So it gets into, like you say, not only normativity issues, but insider, outsider, one of us, not one of us. What becomes relevant and important is the way that game designers and developers have continued to use the concepts and adjusted the concepts uh, to suit their purposes, which in many ways are replicating contemporary societal ideals or resisting contemporary societal ideals. So the idea of, of what you're saying, you could be a dark elf, um, so, or to call in for more diversity. 
um, which of course makes me squirm when I hear that word. Um, because, you know, it's a diversity in terms of people can, any, any player can do anything that they want and all the players can look different or diversity as in we're going to value what everybody, you know, all the different possibilities in the game. But that's a digression. And if everybody is the other, that brings in a whole slew of other uh, continuing um, issues and concepts that become somewhat problematic. So that if everyone else is the other, then it's each, each man, quote unquote, for himself, quote unquote, <laughs> each person for themselves, and everyone else is a potential, uh, a highly likely enemy. And then you get into that resource competition and scarcity and zero-sum power ideas. And, mm -hmm. ah, I don't like it. <laughs> well, so kind of going into what you had said when you first brought up the, the question about race, why it exists in games, and more so how could we represent it differently. Um, with what you said about how the way we represent race is always based off of a baseline but why why do we need that baseline when giving race or you know a species agency in a game in my opinion could easily be done by defining that race group or culture off of itself you know explaining its values without the coming from the perspective of a human describing those values because very much in D&D we see the explanation of humans and then we see the explanation of orcs which calls them you know barbarians or savages they pride themselves on raiding and pillaging you know and those are all deemed you know negatively because that's from the human perspective but you could easily write that from the perspective of an orc you know going into more detail about the virtues of these activities from an orc's perspective giving that race a you know synopsis i mean that sounds terrible or you know a cultural overview from a perspective that is absent of the human gaze in a way and and you could equalize the importance of race by taking the time just to write out these uh you know cultural representations or you know uh, sections of your game in that manner. That would be challenging. But a lot well, of yeah. a lot of these races do have have a, I guess to, to to term it like packets of knowledge for 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 race the racial descriptions in in a lot of these books. Mm -hmm. So uh, especially considering you know each each setting or at least um, like Eberron and and Forgotten Land, Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance and things and things like that. They 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 had a, a specific set of of descriptions to cities that, that housed particular races because they were able to come together as a, as one particular cohesive group for one reason or another. Um, and, and a lot of these, these racial de depictions still maintain the, the racial divides or, or tradition, traditional, you know, racial hatreds between elves and dwarves or dwarves and orcs and giants and things like that. Um, that, uh, no, like no matter what the, the, these racial packets didn't help, bring um bring bring the entirety of uh 
their attributes to a zero-sum balance, right? To, to, to completely disregard the idea that there needs to be some kinds of ability differences in, in, uh, in, in the races that were housed together in one area. But I, I, I think you're talking specifically about um, like an entirety of, of a race, assuming that um, a, a race exists only in one location in its own form of homogeneity, right? So like the elven nation, whatever that is, however that exists, would only be able to be uh, to to be at, uh, attributively scored against itself within only if uh, elves were hanging out with other elves, and that's what that that's what a lot of these these racial mechanics try to get at is the idea that um, racial differences um, based on assumptions about uh, uh, things constructed by Tolkien launch the the idea that uh, racial differences exist. And exists so so strongly that it you know somebody is stronger than the other in one attribute or another in the, at least in in consideration for the quote traditional six um, attributes that go to a, a game of strength, dex, constitution, wisdom, intelligence, and charisma. Well, I mean, I understand that aspect when you match it up to the the physical game mechanics. Mm -hmm. You know, you you want a baseline in a manner of speaking. However, I, I again, I would say that's still not necessary. You know, because why does why do you have to choose one race? Keep talking. Why why do you have to choose one race as that baseline when you could essentially have uh the the baseline be a non-existent line mm -hmm. a spectrum where a medium maybe exist or you know a, a multi-axis like spectrum where everyone fits on it individually but you don't have humans at the center you know who's at the center well no one needs to be at the center that's that's the point. You know, the way you challenge that is by putting no one at the center. Humans exist off in their own spectrum. And so you're still acknowledging difference between race, you know, and maybe attribute bonuses. But you frame the game uh, in your description about the race and its various cultures from the perspective of that race. And instead of the human perspective, you define humans from a human perspective. So you have these unique individual perspectives defining themselves and then you bring them together and you create a spectrum around a neutral point that is the average of all of them do it very mathematically you have 19 random points on a chart you can find the center and the center isn't always going to be one of the existing points it's going to be somewhere in the middle and that middle doesn't exist because none of those 19 points are there and so you have this neutral point that you then define everything else from and instead of putting humans as that neutral point which games do then you don't have a human-centered universe that bases everything off of a human you know view or a human gaze or a human dominated society so you're that sounds like a great way of saying how we could replace at least human normativity yeah not necessarily how one would replace race, which could be just a vernacular semantics sure. kind of thing. Um, well, given that games are developed by humans, that's what I was kind of getting at when I said that would be a really complex yeah. issue. And I'm thinking of, of course, um, 
uh, Anderson and Hokovitu's article on the void. And so we, we can acknowledge that orcs are different than humans and elves are different than humans, but we're humans. Mm-hmm. So how, how can we possibly truly yeah. uh, create how they're different? Although I guess in fiction, that's the beauty is that mm-hmm. we can just say because. Well, yeah, but I mean, kind of in that, that point of stepping out of the, you know, I, I almost want to call it the, the anthropological way of describing race because you know yes i am human so if i write about a fictional race Mm -hmm. if i choose to write it from the human perspective then that's how i'm defining it from the human perspective but because it's fantasy i have the power to say okay no i'm going to define it from this perspective and if i go about it in a specific way and i use you know proper language and instead of defining that race from inherent human values then you, you can kind of remove that human gaze from its definition, you know, and you can do that because it's fantasy. You're not explaining different animals that you see in the forest that you have to give quantifiable data about and your observations. You, you're, you're creating something entirely new. Yes, it may be based off of things that have existed in gaming forever, but you have the opportunity as a fantasy creator to go to a place where ideally no one else is gone no one can tell you oh it has to be this way i mean you could make orcs orange if you wanted because you decided in your universe orcs are orange you know and And orange is a good color yeah (laughs) and so it's 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 I, i think it comes down to you know geeks kind of you know doing what they love yes and wanting to replicate the things they love but if we want to talk about you know changing some of the I would consider negative tropes of race and gaming, then we have to try and go in places that we haven't gone with gaming before. You know, I mean, really, it's not that different wanting to put elves, orcs, you know, and things into a game, mm-hmm. but maybe just trying to do it in a way that hasn't been done a thousand times over already. Yeah, you're, the things that you're bringing up are very interesting because they actually remind me of, of, you know, one particular, you know, discussion that the late Marsh McLuhan did in his book, The Global Village. And while even though it is written, you know, he's using language that would be problematic for us today, you know, he does equate this notion of what he called one center, many borders, which we could extrapolate now today to think about humanity, but he talked about the United States and how we see the world as opposed to how the world is seen by other cultures. And he attributed to Native Americans, you know, Canadian Aboriginals, and as he said in his book, Orientals, you know, about this many centers, no borders concept, that the world really exists that way. But, you know, we, we are conceited enough, you know, the U.S., who's Canadian, but he said the U.S. is conceited enough to see itself as the center, and it has to buttress itself against all these outside deviant forces. You know, and, you know, I, you know, I always thought about that and I always felt in the back of my head and I go, that was actually a really interesting theory to explain like when, when, uh, explorers, you know, and I'm doing air quotes, you know, Mm -hmm. for that would come over and see anybody because like we look back East, okay, you know, how would, how do they describe the native peoples that they ran into? You know, you know, what, what language that they, did they use? They used the language they are, they understood so it's like they called him King Philip, you know, as in thinking that, well, since we have an aristocracy 
and so on and so forth, then that must be the norm for everybody else, you know. And 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 the thing is, when you bring up the anthropological aspect, you know, you know, there then they had then we go we go forward a few hundred years, and it's like the finally realize, hey, wait, maybe we should have these people we're studying define who they are through their own terms, you know, which is something that which is something that has been discussed in the academy, and. It's it's easier to say than that to do it that way, but it's really difficult to think about it as you said in a fantasy or science fiction setting because we are still human, you know. Where we we may have been labeled not being human, we may have made said so we're subhuman, we may have been labeled as this horrible thing that must be stamped out, but you know we're still human. So that's the big question: how would you yeah. how would you be able to do that, you know? Until such time, if we ever run in contact with other intelligent beings that we know of, that we know of, that I believe in more of the Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, like his proof that intelligent li- we haven't seen intelligent life is because it hasn't tried to contact us. That's his proof, you know, <laughs> that we're not going to deal with you. You guys are idiots. You know, it, it's it's difficult, but you know, it is something that I think probably it might be that there may have been discussions like this by game designers but they're going this is really hard yeah and plus it's really hard to get acceptance once you start breaking <coughs> these tropes um there's a excellent uh anthropology film uh film series called videos in the villages and its purpose was really to go for what's known as the fogo process which was to teach the local people how to make their own films and eventually say okay you are going to make the films you want to make and we're going to leave well, when the films started coming up from from South America to the to the global north, they were rejected because they didn't fit the formations they thought they were going to get from them. It, it didn't fit what we had our preconceived notions of what was acceptable films. It was completely acceptable and important to them, but we're going no, 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 no. This is this is not what we want, you know. But but the people who actually planned and and did it, that's exactly what they wanted. They go no, we want them to tell us what's important to them, to share what they want to share, and more importantly, to keep what they want to keep separate from us. So what you brought up is a couple issues. First, of course, obviously, is power. Um, and another is um, just the, the not necessarily, necessarily duplicity, but the self, f- fantasy of self, to, to go in, spend the resources, teach a group of people how to make films, nominally say, make whatever you want, thinking that, oh, this will be something spectacular, but kind of duping yourself into thinking that'll be something that you'll appreciate when, in fact, you've just Well, the opened. filmmakers, actually, the, the, the people down that that was their purpose, that's what they wanted. It was a reception that came up from outside of that, like, okay, other institutions, other academics, mm-hmm. like, this was not acceptable. Right, because okay. That, that, there was that aspect. Okay. Um, well, there was still, I think, yeah, this sounds such a typical story, isn't it? Yeah. And then I'm sure the filmmakers went in and might have said that. What did they tell them? You know, make these movies and... Well, and well they, they knew that their funny would be cut because it's a limit. They knew it was going to have a very yeah. limited shelf life. And so they said, well, let's, let's do this. Not only just they, they can tell their own stories, but also for protection against corporate greed, government corruption, stuff like that. So they can actually use but it what about? What about the people who they taught how to make movies? I that's, mean, that's also the other question <laughs> that comes across is like, you know, how how can that adjust the power relationships? Yeah. You know, 
you just completely and you know what were the expectations of the people making the movies you know seeing these wealthy northerners come in with all this stuff just show up and give it all away and and say oh you can make movies too well you tell that to me and it's like oh i make movies too i will be like you uh, when, in fact, the people who were teaching him knew that wasn't the case at all, which is why I say it gets into power issues. And it's kind of like what you had mentioned earlier in the, the McLuhan saying that the U.S. always perceived itself as um, the center of importance and what have you. I had to kind of chuckle to myself because when I was living in New Zealand, the New Zealanders were always complaining <coughs> that Australia always perceived itself as the center of power of the South Pacific. Um, this is kind of like <laughs> the, the, human, the human constructions are so similar, although in different geographical places and times. Well, this is why we get into um, such a big uh, geeky kerfuffle online about how uh, how how bad change is in representation so uh, in in it, it, that a, a a racial representation of a particular character or set of constructs becomes so permanent in the in the minds of those who 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 live and love uh, for these particular fandoms that a, a switch in race is 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 uh, enough of an attributable change that they'll get very angry about, such, such to the point where people ro uh, rose up in rage about, well, uh, particular geeks' culture, uh, 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 about the, um, the black stormtrooper. Um, I, I know that, uh, John, that you, you had seen a number of hilarious reactions. Yeah, to the, the black stormtrooper. Matter of fact, it, it's like uh, uh, Chris Hardwick on on At Midnight. He actually goes on this really great tirade about this because, you know, he points out that you know he goes, yes, I'm a white guy, I know that, but he goes, I, I'm I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to develop and evolve and stuff like that. And and he points out that there's this really in, incredibly thinly veiled racism about it, like. They're not holding to the source material, right? So on and so forth. And so he, being a geek who has a whole army of geek scholars behind him, look at the source material that has developed, you know, for this and pointing out that the original clones eventually kind of fell out of favor. And then there was like multiple different clones that were that the armies were based off of. Right. And so and, and I and I thought about it, go, OK, you know, was that actually something they thought of or was that a response to the fact that in the original series the three they had different voices for that were for different there were different actors in these costumes so was that to to backtrack and fill that hole which is fine you know but then they saw an opportunity okay well we can add finally some more diversity because as we remember in the original Star Wars trilogy there was on a calrissian and uh maybe the black spy character at moss Eisley, you know falling around going wah, wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> that that was it, you know. Yeah, so. well, and then there's the aspect that it could just be a black guy sneaking around in a stormtrooper outfit, like Luke did, and Han did, and several other people have done. So he yeah. wasn't really a stormtrooper; he was well, passing. It, it, well, it doesn't even matter because I mean, well, stormtrooper well. passing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
Well, what I was going to say is that it's, you know, there's no context in the clip that you see. It's some dude. some dude pops up in the middle of the desert without a stormtrooper helmet on, but clearly stormtrooper garbed the rest of the way down, heavily breathing. Like, that's all you see. And then people are going from that, like, oh my god, they made stormtroopers black. This is the worst thing ever. Like, like how do you jump from seeing that immediately to, oh, they're trying to diversify and now it's racist or something, but... Well, we we can we can go into more definitive uh, racial changes from their quote you know traditional roles, yeah. Um, uh, with uh, Miles, what is, what is his name? Uh, the new Spider-Man. Oh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Let's look it up on the interwebs. But but uh, the, but to have a have a, a shift over from Peter Parker to a, a black Spider-Man. Miles mm-hmm. Morales. My, yeah, and then uh, or uh, the. Uh, New Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, who, who was also drastically uh, shifting in, in, in a way that, that some, some geek populists really just couldn't stand. The idea of a 16-year-old Muslim girl um, uh, playing the part of Ms. Marvel now is, is or, uh, or female Thor. But, I mean, still kept within that light-skinned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Asgardian norm. Um, still a female character uh, playing, you know, just, just these kinds of representational shifts uh, that are definitively, without a doubt, these are definitely changes from, from what they're used to. The, the original Nick Fury was white, you know, when he was Sergeant Fury. And then, uh, I can't remember which series it was, but someone actually was like, you know, I'm going to model this character after Samuel L. Jackson. And that's when Nick Fury became black. You know, which, I mean, I, I don't, that was so long ago that I probably wasn't even cognitive enough <laughs> to be like, oh my God, what's going on? But I mean, because I have some of the original Sergeant Fury comic books. And, you know, the first time I read them, I was like, wait, but Nick Fury's black. Why is he white? You know, but. So I had kind of a reverse interaction with that one. But but did that put you in that same kind of like, like, you know, racial, like confusion, but like, why are they changing? No. Well, no. When I was younger, the whole deal was, you know, I was like, well, but if the character was originally white, why would they change the story? And that's kind of how I perceived it. I was like. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, uh, me quantifying, you know, his race as changing his attributes or characteristics. To me, it was, you know, the visual change. Like, I don't like it when they change a superhero's costume. You know, the first time I saw any Batman that wasn't the Adam West Batman, I was like, <laughs> why did they do that? I was like, Batman doesn't look like that, you know? And so that that's kind of what it hit me with. But then I was like, okay, well, really, it, you know, as I've, as I've, you know, gotten older i'm like well it doesn't change the narrative it's a visual aspect the narrative is still somewhat the same the the, the narrative drastically changed from from adam west's 66 batman to 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 frank miller's batman's yes but i mean but that narrative you know is is developed in you know the words and the actions you know i mean yes it would look very very silly if frank miller's batman was done in the you know Adam West style, you know. I think that'd be cooler, because they look. Oh, you're 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 that Batman, but then what? You're doing this to me? Ah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a, a topic for a whole nother podcast. Oh, yeah. Is the the uh, what's going on when changes happen mm-hmm. to what we consider our favorite, our norm, our this should be, our what our expectations are. Yeah. 
So we can talk all we want, but when you get right down to it, changing what people think it's supposed to be. So, so, so this, this does come across as a, a contentious point, though. How yeah. do we change race exactly. in games? How do we change race in games? Well, with the ritual, you know, you have to have, like, a catalyst and, like, several. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, in the, in the, in, in. Or I never went, never went, you could buy a change token for 300 cents. Or in Fallout, you just go to a plastic surgeon and they'll, they'll make you, you know, Latino or African-American or Asian. Or, or in Borderlands, you can go to the change booth and as long as you get the free skin so you can buy extra skins to change yourself. <laughs> Yeah, Gabe. Piece oh, of cake. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the answers were in front of me this whole time. <laughs> if but, only but, you had opened your eyes. Like, like if, 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 if race wasn't a mechanic in real life, would race have really... Race shouldn't have been something uh, that, that a game should have been constructed on. Like, if... Because race has been a construction for... Since the 1600s, I want to say. Uh, from uh, Western societies. But... Like other the the notion of of in crowd in group and out group is could be something that all human people have always done uh, and absolutely. and you know skin color before it was skin color it was like um, ideology or religious belief or I mean there's always been something there's 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 you know a variety of mechanics to demonize other other groups for but but in this in this day and age the the continued use of race really does. Uh, create a hotbed of 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 uh, historical trends that that get uh, implied onto a game. So the, the 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 curiosity then becomes still how how uh, how can we get rid of race? So at least we're not uh, reifying race as a construct within the thing that we do when we want to uh, relax from the rest of the world by playing games. When, well, and I think though that that comes up with what. Tyler's um, example of how to equalize um, different groups. Um, but your question might be a very illogical question in that if it's something that people do to categorize and demonize, then it would be normal. In all aspects, no matter how you, you presented it, that it would be normal. My expectation is that there's going to be good people based on certain things and bad people based on certain things and call it what you will that's that's what it's going to be i mean i would love to say we could do it differently but i'm jaded i i think that we can do it differently and i think that 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 the notions of of race as they're constructed in in games really should be something that that somebody should take a look at that that how, like, I guess when it comes down to it, if we're if we're continuing to reify race in, in play in games, uh, how is it that how how often are we doing this? How many systems across the world continue to personify race as a construct, such to the and as a practice, such to the point where it is the normal, and uh, is is the lack of race in a game suddenly throwing it into a position where we don't look at. Uh, race and its constructs in that game just because they don't say the word race or does it come across as something entirely different and that's there's there's a whole lot of of, of analysis to really be looking at uh, uh, where where and how games 
aren't actually portraying race like this. Somebody should develop a heuristic for that. Yeah, somebody should. <laughs> uh, or refine one that they've been working off of. Uh, somebody should actually help, right? It. Yeah, and also help. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you know, it's interesting that, yeah, we're getting close to the end of time, but one of the things that I think is really interesting when we look at race in games is that, you know, that they're that there's also other elements that they add some form of advantage to the type of, which is how they've been built, the type of character that you want, or maybe that they help fulfill some deep fantasy or need to be something that you're not, you know, as in, you know, you might not, you, you may not might be the most strongest or smartest person in the world, but, you know, if you decide that you want to be like dragonborn, you know, then you can be this powerful, you know, dragon creature, you know, that's a humanoid form and, you know, doing what you do, you know. I would, I would like to be a bicycle. You like to be a bicycle? Yeah. Uh -huh. So you can, we can have our dragons and our orcs and, and I'll just come along as a bicycle. Okay. So creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was that there was that one horror movie that was just about a, it's called Rubber and it's about oh, a tire that has psychic powers and wants to kill people and you know so there 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 is there's a demon possessed tire no no, no just, just a tire just a tire just a tire hell <laughs> oh, I, I I yeah I see this as a very long strong debate. That. There's, um, a, there's a lot more ways that there's a lot about this yeah there's and there's a there's going to be more questions and answers that have kind of come to my mind after i get a chance to really think about everything we've been talking about yep. so is this a good time to end this one okay so so okay we're gonna just you don't have to hold your breath you know <laughs> just i think i think we need to eventually like come up with something that we all say you know, like our like Green Lantern oath almost to sign off. Like we need something like that. We will promise not to actually answer anything. We will keep the debate going into the minutia. Ooh.